things cannot be long hidden. The sun, the moon, and the truth. So tonight, the truth is going to be unfiltered and full of flavor. Please welcome Dana McCool and Eric Ramundo, bringing you the smoking truth. Happy Friday. That's right. Dana, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. You're not Eric. This is not Eric. That's right. Eric is in Tallahassee doing what they do up there. Yeah, I think he's doing better than what they do up yeah. there. So, yeah. Um, thank you for joining me today. You're Absolutely. one of my most favorite people to bitch about bitches with. Yeah, so thank you. Thanks for coming. I appreciate it's like my it. my third or fourth time over. I know. You're a pro yeah. now. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> I'm going to call you. you one day and say, Eric and I are taking a vacation, yeah, Barker. Sure. Just go handle right. it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and that's pretty true. This is my co-co-host here. Right. That's right. For you that don't know, uh, this is Mark Barker. And who doesn't fucking know you, right? Um, I got a dollar for the cuss jar, whatever. I don't need the cuss jar, but we're going to keep tabs. Barker and I will keep tabs today. This is Mark D. Barker, and he hails from the beautiful city and the underappreciated city of Holly Hill. That's where you hail from. Uh, Yeah, actually, I'm from, uh, uh, my wife and I live in the city of Ormond Beach. Mm -hmm. But you're from, yes. You're from Holly Hill. That's where I know you from. uh, I am an honorary Holly Hillian, spent 31 years there as Mm -hmm. a, Retired as the chief of police there back in 2014. Just marked my ninth year in retirement on Tuesday. And you've been busier now than when you were on duty. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) You know, it's it's different. But yeah, uh, yeah, so uh, love the city of Holly Hill. Gave me everything uh, I ever have uh, or will have. Uh, And just a wonderful, beautiful community there on the banks of the Halifax. Uh, such an eccentric group of people there, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful place. And, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, much like Deltona for many years, we suffered with the instability that, uh, you guys are certainly not a small town, Mm -hmm. uh, as we are, but, uh, you know, we had some instability politically. You had a stigma. Yeah, we did. We did. And, you know, it came, I think, from folks who have either neither neither ever lived there or done business there. Mm -hmm. Because if you have, uh, you get a whole different perception of what that place is. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Holly Hill, um, doing business with Holly Hill. Holly Hill wants to do business. I went to Daytona. I was going to open my music studio over in Daytona. There were a bunch of shit boxes over there. And I can say that because they were. They weren't accommodating. They were condescending. They were horrible people. Well, we have been the recipient of several really good businesses, one being Copper Bottom Distillery. Oh, yeah. Which is a rum uh, distillery. They mm-hmm. make some other spirits now. And they gave out hand sanitizer and made it when we were going through COVID. So yes, hats off, Copper Bottom. Absolutely. Uh, that uh, is a homegrown product. And we also uh, are now home to Pictona. Yes. Uh, which is World famous. World-class pickleball fitness facility they just uh in the last month i think they have hosted two national or international competitions there uh, uh one that was televised on espn too i think and uh so it's uh yeah it's growing uh doing doing great it's um there's a lot of political stability there now. Chris, Chris is, is yeah. there. He's a wonderful He's awesome. young guy. So His wife uh, is a wonderful soul, too. Yes. Uh, they have uh, John Penny is another uh, great long-term public servant there. 
Uh, it's it's a great group of people. Uh, Joe Forte, I think, is the best city manager in the business. Uh, he uh, he came up as our fire chief, mm-hmm. uh, became a city manager, moved to Seminole County as the deputy county manager there, mm-hmm. uh, and then came back shortly after I retired. So he's been there eight or nine years now, uh, back in the seat, uh, doing a wonderful job and wonderful things for Holly Hill. Yeah. Well, again, I give a wonderful shout out. I used to live in Holly Hill as well. Um, I've lived in Daytona, uh, Ormond, Holly Hill area most of my life, East Volusia. Uh I'm now proud West Volusia over the last almost 20 years. uh, And um, I absolutely uh, love it. You know, so I'm sorry. That's right. It's okay. Um, Yeah. So I love it. And you had some you had some very colorful cohorts back in your day in your vice days. Absolutely. Listen, I remember that because I used to work at um, the restaurant right there by where the funeral home and Crystal is. But yes. it was, what was it called? Highgate? or uh, It was, um, gosh. It was, was it Highgate? No, no, it was, um, it was High. River, River Breeze. River Breeze. Yes, I River used Breeze. to work there the overnight shift, yes. and I used to have some of Holly Hill favorite if yes. I come in. And Absolutely. I met some of your cohorts through there. Great spot for lunch. Yeah, one of which I'm still really friendly with okay. that I love, Espy. Oh, Alan Espy, yeah. He yeah. is a, a brother and a wonderful, uh, wonderful guy. He's crazy. Yeah, he is. <laughs> uh, he's, he's a good guy. You know, Alan had a uh, rather serious injury. Yeah, he was no. working, uh, after he retired, went to the Volusia County Sheriff's Office, mm-hmm. uh, had an accident while working at Daytona International Speedway. Yeah. It took him a long time to recover, but I'm happy to say that uh, he never lost that sense of humor, and uh, he's doing doing wonderfully and he uh, is i love alan he's a great guy he is to have to have had a front seat to some of the most craven shit in the business right right. and to for both of you really yeah i know you and i know like in a peripheral way some of your ex-buddies too or i mean now buddies but right ex-officers also yes and there is there's just a reason now looking back you know but you've maintained all a great point of view so thank you for your service back then thank you thank you dana i want to get in to it today. Sure, absolutely. I want to get into Let's it go. today. So Eric's gone, yep. and I had a conversation, and I told him that I was going to be turning some dirt up today. All right. Okay, so there earth you up go. today. I'm your guy. And I just, we need to debrief, and I just need to do this. Ron, how does it feel? Because DeSantis got outplayed. The rat got outplayed by the mouse. And I'm just going to say that I absolutely love it. When you do things for personal gain, instead of the will of the people, you're always going to have to pay your pound of flesh in the end. And that's what's happening right now. You know, I, I read something interesting. There was a conversation that was overheard by someone in a restaurant who took Governor DeSantis to task for the fact that he had focused all this energy on Disney while our property insurance rates are doubling, in some cases more than that, right? So some of the issues that we're dealing with statewide or, you know, unfortunately going unaddressed while some of these culture war issues are uh, seem to be at the forefront, I think a lot of that obviously has to do with his uh, political ambitions. Um, we'll see you know, in light of what happened yesterday with uh, the indictment of uh, former President Trump, we'll see if uh, if that pushes him away or pushes him closer to you know announcing for for that or not. But mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Listen, one must remember this. Yes, I was asked and approached and talked about running for a state seat 
okay. this past election, uh-huh. right? And I'm like, first of all, I'm not ready for that. I'm right. too politically immature. <laughs> I really am. I'm never going to be a good politician. More importantly than that, however, is that I made a commitment to Deltona right. that I was going to sit and serve in my seat for four years. Right. I promised that. Sure. It was one of my election promises. When I said, I'm running for this seat, I'm going to sit in this seat for four years. That was my commitment. While it was nice to talk about it, I couldn't in good conscience leave what I had promised to do to go chase personal gain, right. which is political ambition, right? Right, right. So now you have a governor who ran through this past election. Oh, yeah, I'm your guy. I'm your guy. Da, 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 da. And here we are, two years into it. Everybody knows he's going to run. I think it's like the worst kept secret. But what are we going to do in Florida? The people that voted for you voted for you for four years. So are you a liar? Are you a manipulator? I mean, this didn't just come to you. You've been talking. You've been thinking about this since before the elections. Right. And that thing, that's the thing that galls me. Any political progress in the name of personal moving forward. I have a problem with that. Well, you know, Dana, I I am a very proud NPA, no Mm -hmm. party affiliate. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was a staunch Republican for many years, like my grandfather and father before me. And uh, if I didn't fit their demographic as a former law enforcement officer, a guy that spent time in the military, uh, you know, I I don't know who is. But um, I became, like many, disenchanted with what we have become as this very polarized two-party system. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I don't – I can't for the life of me figure out – we are so divided uh, nationally, uh, here at the state level even, uh, culturally, racially, socially, mm-hmm. in, in every way. And I don't see anyone on the horizon coming up that, that talks about healing that divide. In fact, they exacerbate it mm-hmm. uh, as, a, you know, as a, uh, a way of gaining political points. Mm-hmm. It's destroying this country. I agree. And as we continue to fight amongst ourselves, our, our adversaries abroad are forming new alliances. Uh, the dollar is being ditched. Uh, you know, Brazil and China last week came up with a plan where they're going to trade their own currencies. Uh, many believe that the FBI and that our justice system uh, has, is being weaponized. In many ways, I think it has been. And uh, slowly over time, we're eroding the public trust. And that's what I talk about a lot Mm -hmm. in in Barker's view, is the fact that these shenanigans, this internecine warfare in places like Deltona, in places like Orange City, okay, it's destabilizing, right? People don't that, that's not what they expect of their elected representatives. And, um, you know, obviously in macro at the, at the national level. So I, I don't have any answers, but it, it, it just seems like there is, a, there is something afoot that is bringing a civil conflagration, uh, some flashpoint here uh, to... Uh, to further divide us. And uh, it's, you know, it's, it's really uh, frightening. 
Well, I will tell you this. I believe is my belief up until probably six years ago until the election of Donald Trump. Okay, I I think that really, this is my personal belief, right? Nothing, no data out there about it or whatever. But I believe Donald Trump was an overcorrection of people being pissed off about a black man being elected to the president of the United States of America. And that's sad to say. Okay. I believe that the Democratic platform suffered under that. And that's sad to me. I believe that it became in vogue to be so in your face that Donald Trump made it okay to do that. And he opened the door for things like Ron DeSantis now, right, as governor. So Donald Trump president, Ron DeSantis, uh, governor of the state of Florida. In your face, confrontational, we're badass, fuck you and your ideas kind of thing. And Ron DeSantis, I believe... Donald Trump opened the door and Ron DeSantis held it open with this. He got involved in local politics. And by doing that, he pierced the veil, which we had always held sacred between local nonpartisanship. It was our last bastion of nonpartisanship. Right. And people came out this this last election and the election before proudly, oh, this is what I am, this is what I am. We're not supposed to talk about political affiliation. And what happens is a Republican opening the door on that led way for Democrats and other Republicans to walk through to talk about that. And so we became infiltrated with national ideology instead of governing at a local level. And that's where it's at. We're mired in that. We're I, mired in that. I, I agree with that to a point. Uh, I, I think that there's there's probably um, more to the how... Donald Trump came to power. Uh, I, I don't think it was perhaps as simple as folks d- were uh, pushing back uh, about having an African American in the White House. Uh, there, there is a there is a distinct pushback in this country to what is termed woke ideology. Okay, mm-hmm. tell me what your tell me your uh, you know I, definition I, of woke. That, that's a very good question, and I, I'm not sure that anybody has a pat answer on what it is. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you that some of these these there are extreme views both to the right and left. I agree with any you given 100%, 100%. issue. hundred percent. Any moderate voice has been has been shut down and pushed out, either canceled, either Mm -hmm. uh, just marginalized. And now the fringe element uh, has filled that void. And I think the average American understands that the, the, what we used to refer to as the silent majority. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think that there are people that watch this play out that are horrified by it. They don't have an outlet like you and I do. Um, you know, I, I write a hyper-local political blog. Mm-hmm. You have uh, this and your voice, uh, uh, you know, somewhat of a bully pulpit as a, an elected official in Deltona. But the average person, uh, they've kind of lost their voice. And you see that even at the local level, which is supposed to be the most accessible and the most responsive level of community governance. You have things like civility and decorum ordinances being discussed, Mm -hmm. okay? People are limited to a three-minute audience to their county council or to their city council. You know what? Can I say something? I don't believe that. Okay. I believe that they may be limited in their public 
speech. Yes. But anytime I've never heard of one of our public officials denying somebody to come in if they if they felt like they needed a platform or an ear or a public official going to them on the local level. So I don't believe they're limited to that. Okay, but there is a there is a distinct difference between you and I standing out in the parking lot and having a cigar or a cigarette and talking over the issues than at a that at a public meeting that is broadcast that is uh, where the issues and the people's business is done mm-hmm. for them to have that voice, that input, that direct say, uh, and, and getting their point and opinion across when the sausage is being made. Mm-hmm. There's a difference, I think. I, I agree with you that most folks at the local level will take a phone call, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, there's been some disturbing things I think uh, disturbing to me anyways at the county where folks have told me that when they have tried recently to have an audience with their elected district council person uh, that these meetings are then monitored and attended by staff members okay they feel intimidated by that they feel like there's a buffer uh, between them and getting their point to the person that they cast their sacred vote for Mm -hmm. Uh, I have a problem with that. Uh, You know, it's, um, of course, if you talk to them, the other side, they'll tell you, well, you know, we don't have all the answers and we want to make sure that there's somebody, that there's the resident expert there to give you the information. I think that's bullshit. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's, um, I don't want to call it censorship, but it's certainly buffering. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a, uh, 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 there's a, uh, something blocking that, that communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a problem with that. And I think that this frustration that you're seeing in the city of Deltona, and I'll talk about that specifically because I, I find it fascinating. I watch your meetings. Uh, I read then what the press uh, writes about it. Al Everson in, mm-hmm. uh, in West Volusia covers you guys quite well. Sometimes the news journal uh, will pick up on it. But uh, it's it's the dynamic to me is fascinating because you have some very committed and dedicated residents, uh, people like Brandy White, people like Albert Bryant. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, a, um, there's a loyal reader uh, of my stuff, um, uh, a lady by the name of Dale Whitman, who mm-hmm. I've never met. I don't know if she's you know wonderful or not. Mm-hmm. She, she really is quite sharp, and she, um, she catches things that uh, a lot of people don't, and she puts it right out there on social media, and I mm-hmm. think she moderates a couple of, uh, of Deltona-centric mm-hmm. sites. So you have some very smart, very dedicated, and, and folks that are paying attention. That's, to me, that, that's healthy, Right. Yet when I watch them approach, right, I can see how they're received uh, almost adversarially by by the folks that are sitting on the dais, right? Do you notice that, or is it just me? <laughs> Listen, I I have my own chair pointed forward, okay. and I don't really monitor my cohorts, my coworkers, because I kind of. I just have my own seat there, right? right? Now, I'll tell you this. Elbert, who I love, yes. like a brother, yes. and I have gone back and forth over the years, okay? And Elbert gets very animated, right? Yes. And he and I have only had really one incident, and he started yelling about uh-huh. something, and I turned my chair. I just turned my chair, right. turned my back, 
that sent him over the edge. Now, we've worked through that. Right. He is a big supporter of mine. And what I mean by that is he corrects and he adds input and he talks about what I do wrong or what anyone does wrong. And not on a personal level, but as far as making a choice for the city and it's equal opportunity there. You know what I mean? But I, I listen to people and I try to, I listen to hear and to understand people. Right. And I want to clear something else up too. When people come up to speak, they say, oh, you're not looking directly at the people, but people looking down, the mayor used to do this, not the present one, but Heidi used to do this. When they thought Heidi wasn't paying attention to them, Heidi was writing down every single thing that they said so that she could go back and address it with the city manager and follow. I know that for sure. So I think oftentimes, probably 90% of the time when somebody's writing and you see them looking down instead of looking at the person they're trying to capture. And yes, we all know you can go back and look at the video. It's not the same as real time. What is my thought? Who do I need to talk to or what resolution or whatever? So we're not ignoring you. We're writing down notes so that we can be effective you know, representation. Dana, I don't mean to imply that they're being ignored. No, I'm uh, only answering because right. you bring up a good yeah, point, right? Obviously, I know they're being heard, mm-hmm. okay? But another issue that I have, and, and I, you know, in talking about breaking down those barriers that we talked about, mm-hmm. at the Volusia County Council, for instance, okay, they, they have a process mm-hmm. whereby they are forbidden by whatever unwritten rule they've come up with, with from directly interacting with citizens when they come before them. Mm-hmm. Okay. They, they, they listen, they don't listen, uh, whatever, but they do not, there is absolutely zero interaction. I don't even know, okay? if, like we had that at the city, so I don't even know what that is. You know, I, and I have no idea I, what I don't, that I, is. Probably if you ask uh, Chairman Brower or, or any member of the county council, they probably couldn't tell you either. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that they come up with in January. I think they consider it a time-saving, uh, you know, yet they drone on ad nauseum, uh, you know, uh, time and time again. Uh, but uh, these things build public frustration. Mm-hmm. I think that is why... A blog site like mine and a podcast like this draws such an audience because, in my case, it's certainly not the quality of the writing. It is because it is an alternative view from what they're getting Mm -hmm. uh, from their elected officials. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, uh, you know, I know I'm being heard by by those individuals as well because of the feedback that I get from them, uh, you know, on occasion, uh, I know I've hit a nerve. Right. And it's typically when I voice an opinion on something that's happened, they have an alternative view on that and that's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Right. But the tale of the tape is they can watch the archive, you know, John and Jane Q can watch the archive video, mm-hmm. right. They can form their own opinion yep. of it. I don't know why there's not more back and forth between members of the public when they come up. On that dog beach issue that came up last week before the Volusia County Council, I think there were 22 people that approached the dais and spoke both for and against, right? These are hot-button issues. They should be able to get some feedback when they leave there, right? 
there are other folks that come up there. Um, the um, you know, uh, I think his name is John Richardson. He he he's a, a great gadfly. He attends all the Volusia County Council meetings, Daytona Beach City Commission meetings. Uh, the guy is um, you know I don't agree with everything that he says, but you know what? He's there. He's paying attention, yeah. and um, you know that's to me epitomizes good citizenship. So when these folks like. Albert and uh, Brandy White and the others come up there. Uh, you know, I I sense that that frustration that they feel because they they don't get the feedback I think that they're that they're looking for. Right. There's the other gentleman, Richard Belich. You know, he's a uh, I, I not only do I get a kick out of him, but I respect the guy. I mean, he you know he speaks his mind. I can't think of anything more perfectly American than that. Uh, you know, perfectly patriotic than that. <laughs> he speaks his mind. We don't have to agree, right? Mm-hmm. But that, to me, is the essence of community governance. I think, however, listen, I, I, I'm all for that. You know I'm a big proponent of 1A, right? I, I just am. I am. I, I talked about it when they tried to get us to do the social media then, policy. Then why do you think... I mean, not to interrupt, no, but why, why do you think, right across the river here, uh, Senator Broder from Seminole County put forth You're going to trigger me with this. asinine bill that would have had bloggers, and it would not have applied to me because I don't take money or advertise mm-hmm. for, you know, God forbid, it's enough that I... Command the time that I do uh, for people to read those long-winded screeds, but... Um, but they wanted bloggers. They wanted people who are voicing an opinion to register with a state agency and be subject to a fine. Mm-hmm. Did you? The last podcast was all about that, about Jason Broder, when I said, fuck you, and I can say that. But he would have had me now, now fined and arrested right. for this, right? And, and I really think after reading what I read that leadership was kind of pissed about that. You know, he just got, he went off the reservation. He goes off the reservation. Randy Fine goes off the reservation. My good friend Webster Barnaby goes off the reservation. It's like, it's as dysfunctional as El Deltona. It's just quieter. But you, you know, know what I mean? Dana, look, I don't think these guys... Uh, you know, driving to Tallahassee conjure this shit up in their mind. Okay, I think there are concerted efforts behind it. Uh, I think uh, these things are brought forward for a reason. Listen, wait until even these if, bills even come if down. it's just to uh, to stir the pot. Yeah. Okay? Well, here's the thing: wait until the, there's bills coming down that are just like, oh my god. I mean the the Jason Broder thing. Like, I mean the key words were that's all you need to know. If you mentioned ethics on commission, if you mentioned anybody with a senator or a representative, anything like that, you were automatically flagged. And I just think he's a f- pussy you know really for doing that we put up with a listen civil servants put up with a lot of harassment and some stuff you'll never even hear about it right you know dana that comes with the territory listen i understand that i understand that everybody has their own limitations though right people are gonna lose their stuff i did on a, a resident a guy that i that i am know for sure has mental issues Okay. All right. Wrote misogynist letters to me, okay. emails, told me that I need to be subservient. I need to be on my knees. I needed to understand what it was like to be a servant. I need to eat a bag of dicks. <laughs> I needed to do all of this stuff. Right. He's the same one that harassed our 
girls at City Hall. Okay. That is bullying no, you're, when you you're get right. down to that. They're, That's bullying. Obviously, there are lines. So where's and, the line? Who gets to dictate where the line is? Well, in my in my little realm with Barker's view, I get uh, people that want to comment, and I have the capability of reviewing comments mm-hmm. and approving them before they go there. And things that are just patently um, uh defamatory mm-hmm. or patently uh, or threatening mm-hmm. uh, th- there's no place for that you have okay? the good sense to do that though you have moderated you've run a city government you have all of this experience behind you to make that determination some people's skin is just thinner than others you know what i'm saying and and yeah well, we do sign up for that listen half of the crap i answer back sometimes to what i conceive as bullyism somebody wants to say i'm an asshole or that they think that my policy sucks or stuff like that that's fine. But when you start calling me triggering words, which you and I have been around enough to know what those words might be when you're defaming a female, I draw the line and I don't deal with that at all, right. period. But I get it. I get what you're saying. You know, in Deltona, we have a rich history of being dysfunctional. We just do. Most it, most communities do. Uh, you know, there are, we go through ebbs and flows. Uh, you guys uh, seem, seem to be constantly on the ebb for yeah, some reason. Yeah. Well, but, here's uh, the thing. It's because we're a very diverse community. Yes. It's because we have seven people with seven different visions. Yes. And we're all very strong-minded strongly opinionated right and i think that it gets lost in the chorus of the chattering of a thousand monkeys the stuff that people do out on their own and their platforms what they're getting done we might not agree on policy up there but listen there's not a commissioner that's not out in the community I'm going to say that. And you know that I've had run-ins with several people upon my dais. Right. I could assassinate them all day long. But what I will say is there's not one, I'm thinking that there's not one that's not out in the community silently working, answering their emails. The stuff that you see is because it's publicized and because we can't sit down in a room and say, hey, listen, what is your fundamental issue here? We're not even allowed to talk to one another about that. How do you... Work through issues if you can't talk about issues. How do you do that? You're going to do it in a public forum? You're going to like take a day, a workshop, and let's just put all of our laundry out there and say, you're an asshole. What do we do about that? Or I don't like what you do. How do you resolve that? How do you resolve that conflict in a professional manner without the public going all conspiratorial that there's a bunch of commissioners trying to commit some bullshit in the shade? How do you do that? Yeah. I, I don't have an answer. I can tell you this. Exactly. I can tell you how much that the the city or county commission at the local level is really like the tip of a very large iceberg. Mm-hmm. Okay. Much of what happens is already choreographed in the county or oh, city. Shit, yeah, it was. I, yeah. yeah. Well before it ever reaches an agenda. Mm-hmm. Okay. Decisions have been made. Uh, and so what you see at the tip uh, at these public meetings is in large part prearranged. Well, and I think that that's some of the frustration gets voiced during those meetings about that. You know what I mean? About those things. Um, I'm very frustrated right now at us for failing on the moratorium. You know, we called a moratorium so that we could understand how we wanted to residentially build the rest of our city. And then we had so much dysfunction with somebody nominating to get rid of the city manager that we had at the time without a process in place by who it was so dysfunctional. It was election time. It was fire union contract time. It was 
all of this right in the middle of that. And we just couldn't keep our shit together, you know, and I'm going to say this, that we, um, at, at current, I, whatever anybody wants to say about the Chisler, you know, he's doing a good job in okay. Deltona. All right. He came in first thing and he said, there's going to be no fuckery here. Okay. He did not put up with commissioners trying to tell him what to do. I think that he perceived that too many people were trying to tell John Peters what to do. And let me tell you something about John Peters. Nobody told John Peters what to do. You know, he's a strong-minded man. He's a good man. He was a fair man. And anybody that you get in those seats, there's going to be 50% that love or 50% that hate. So the Chisler is in there now, and he knows I call him that. I do it because I like him, you know. Um, but the Chisler coming in is setting a lot of stuff that had been kicked down the road for 25 years in, and is recognizing the big dump that we're trying to get out of. And I think that once you become so mired and working in your business, you can't work on your business. And that's what's happening. We're unscrewing and putting out so many fires, stuff that's, you know, with St. John's management, how do we mitigate flood control now that we know that there's an issue? What are we doing about building properly? Economic development. There are so many fires going on in Deltona right now, and it is because they, it wasn't done on the way to where we are now. We've only been a city 27 years, right? That's right. young. And the stuff didn't get done that needed to get done back then. The, kick, the can was kicked down the road, so you have it on the side economically, financially, morally and when i say morale i should say morale right you have all of these things that make for dysfunction but we're working on it we are we've got some great people in place that we're trying to do things with and the commissioner listen the commissioners are good people at heart i've had a fight with just about everybody up there you know uh, and i do so because i don't get in line you know, my party hates right. me right now. I'm a member of the Democratic Party, and there's a certain sector of the Democratic Party that right. don't think that I'm liberal enough. Right, right. And wish, this is what they wish. They wish that I would register as a Republican so that they could hate me publicly. Sure. right. But they don't do that. Instead of doing that, they just do it subversively. Right. Do you know what I mean? In the shadows. Yes. You know, you know I'm I, talking I, to. I'm glad to hear you say that, Dana. And, you know, nothing that I say or write uh, has any personal animosity towards any mm -hmm. of these individuals. Be thankful I, I don't. for that. <laughs> I, I understand who they are. I, mm -hmm. I, I hope I understand what they are. Mm -hmm. Most people uh, get into politics for all the right reasons. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, uh, many become everything they hated once they entered politics. Mm -hmm. A lot of that has to do with the system that yep. we just talked about. Yep. Uh, you guys come and go, and guys like me never did. I stayed there. You know, I hung on by my fingernails for 31 years, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and uh, I knew how things were going to go, and that's how they were going to go, mm -hmm. right? And sometimes I could convince uh, those five individuals that were elected to represent the people my way, and sometimes I couldn't. But my job, I knew, first, last, and foremost, was to carry out their policies uh, with equal enthusiasm, regardless of who was sitting in those chairs, right? And that's what career civil servants do. You have the advantage of military. Yes. So, however, because I think that that makes good leadership in the end, because you understand that you must carry out a policy, and you're able to do that without saying, what the fuck? 
Right. Yes. Right, uh, right. Right. And I but don't have that job. liberty. That's the job yeah, of a career civil servant is to carry out, as long as it's not illegal, immoral, unethical, uh, to carry out the policies of those individuals that were elected by the people mm-hmm. who cast their sacred vote and put those folks in their chair mm-hmm. to represent their interests. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem comes in in Volusia County, and I I don't want to go off on a tangent here, but this is important. We have a horribly skewed campaign finance scheme, not just here in Volusia County, but most places, Mm -hmm. where you see these massive campaign contributions coming in from the development interest, from real estate community. Uh, And as I wrote today... Be it a chat room, be it social media, be it wherever people gather, okay, upstairs uh, in the bar that I frequent, the sole topic of conversation is this malignant overdevelopment that has taken over the width and breadth of Volusia County, Mm -hmm. not just here. I'm talking about all over the state of Florida. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're only now beginning to see the, uh, a slight comeback on the pendulum that has just allowed, you know, the, the, the barn door to be open now Mm -hmm. for the better part of a decade. And we're beginning to see things like the flooding that you guys experienced that many believe are, is directly due to the change in topography of, you know, slash, burn, and fill and build these massive subdivisions uh, and existing homes are, you know, water wants to go gravitationally where Mm -hmm. it wants to go. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not an expert. I'm not an engineer. The city of New Smyrna has a study underway to see if uh, what uh, effect the change in topography from their development may have had on existing residents in the wake of Nicole and Ian. It's going to be interesting to see. Doubly interesting, I think, is to see how that's mitigated and who's held responsible, if anyone. No one's going to be held responsible. You you and I know that. Yeah. But we're beginning to see, I think, people waking up to that. I came in on Normandy Boulevard. It was bumper to bumper. Mm -hmm. I came over here on Granada Boulevard in Normandy three light cycles to get to I-95. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, I, uh, crudely, I call it the, the growth strategy of shoving 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag. Yeah, we'd be right about that. And, uh, these are things that, you know, it gets back to that quality of life issue and ultimately back to what has been called in Volusia, the trust issue. Well, let me tell you this. I, this, this was a visceral and automatic reaction driving down LPGA where they cleared out there by LPGA, I literally started crying when I saw that. Yeah, it's incredible. I, I saw that. The whole, listen, the whole mosaic development out there, all of that shit, and, and I only, I'm not picking on mosaic. I'm saying LPGA forward to west or t- down LPGA, right? Horrible. Nothing should have been developed past 95 on LPGA. I just don't think that it should have been developed out there. People have the right to do that, but just because you do, it doesn't mean that it's right. And I think that I think that given five, ten years, there's going to be lawsuits because the daylighting with the groundwater that's going on back there in that development is horrible. 
It, it, people's property, they do not, they buy, they think that they're buying these beautiful houses, but now they can't get their driveways dry. Their sod is dying because it's root rot because it's wet back there. It's supposed to be wet back there. It's part of, it's actually part of Tiger Bay. I mean, really, when you think about it, Rima Ridge, Tiger Bay, it's, it's all part of that. But yet we said, oh no, that's not conservation land. That's good residential property, to which I say, you know, fuck you, Felicia. Oh, it, 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 it was our aquifer recharge area. Yeah. Uh, the the wells that supply the city of Holly Hill are essentially on the front door of what is now Margaritaville. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I don't know how that plays out in 10 years. I know what I read Chairman Brower uh, talk about in the, uh, I don't know if you've seen Clayton Park's excellent piece on um, the number, I think it's 42% of the Florida legislature has direct financial ties to the development and the real estate industry. Shocking. Okay. Well, it, it explains a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, I, I just don't know where that, and you look, this conversation has gone on since when Deltona was a few lakes out here in the middle mm-hmm. of a cow pasture, okay? Mm-hmm. I won't feel it, but I, I just wonder, I worry about what my grandchildren will have left here in Florida, right? Uh, what their children will have left. Um, you factor in things, uh, whether you agree with it, you don't agree with it, uh, climate change, the, you know, the, the, the beach erosion that we're seeing, the, you know, the, that are threat, literally now threatening homes on, mm-hmm. uh, on A1A uh, in South Daytona. I don't uh, think you should be able to build on the beyond. side of the beach anymore. I, I don't, no, that's just I, I don't either. Uh, you know, I have talked to Paul Zimmerman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you know Paul. Yeah, Sons of the Beach. Yes, he's the president of Sons of the Beach, a longtime uh, beach activist, grew up on the beach, uh, and and a very smart guy. And uh, Paul and I spoke on the phone um, yesterday, and he um, he is, you know, that group is calling for a moratorium of everything east of A1A on the dune line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, because there are some massive projects still still planned over there and i um i you know dana i i understand that uh there are property rights issues but you know if i if my wife and i decided we wanted to put a an industrial incinerator in our backyard it wouldn't happen because there are zoning regulations that prohibit Mm -hmm. that right yep uh the the city of ormond beach's comprehensive plan would not permit that right so when we, when we see that environmentally that there are issues here that need to be addressed, right? When we see by virtue of how our infrastructure is being impacted, transportation, utilities, right? Why can't we just take a slight step back, take a pause, take a breath, right? And say, look, let's look at this comprehensively before we continue, I just don't see that happening. So the reason behind our moratorium was to do just that, and we fucked it up because the moratorium expires, like, I don't know, Monday, right? And we can't ask for another one. We can't ask for another one. Right. I think that Volusia County as a whole should call together a symposium because we're in some kind of trouble here. We're in some kind of trouble, environmentally speaking. Um, We don't – I don't think that we have a – I don't think that we have a collaborative 
uh, plan to build together. I don't think that there's any vision. I think that what we're doing is they sold a bunch of land a lot of years ago, and now they're uh, simply not planning, but they are exercising their rights. That's really what it is. There's nothing more than that. There's no beautiful co-adhesive plan. There is no talking about how do we make it aesthetic. I mean, you're going in and you're clearing. You're you're are raising the 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 earth. You're not. They're not saving trees and stuff. In Deltona, right. we've said, oh no, you're not doing that shit anymore. You're not clear cutting. We are going to call you to task on that because oh yeah, we get tree credits or we can replant or whatever. You can't replant a fifty hundred years worth of growth in a tree. You know, you can't do that. It's the lazy, most profitable way, right? And the communities, Volusia County, I'm going to say Volusia County and the other cities, it's their fault. We're not doing that. There are, we have very few rights left. And when I say we, I mean people against development. Developers have all the money from, you know, from the lobbying in Tallahassee. That's why there are so many rights. That's why development is the main reason that home rule is being attacked, and, and and we have bills coming down all the time uh, doing just that. The state is, uh, you know, the thing, oh, God, who introduced it, the bill. Now, like, um, if a city prevents you from turning a profit, you can sue the city. So, like, if we want a developer to not develop or, or we want something added uh, outside the development agreement, th- they can sue us, you know, uh, for messing with their profit that comes from tallahassee that's all state legislative stuff that's always favored the developer now what can we do on our development agreements we can take all the impact fees we want we can say no you can't build here because it's not a fair share which the chiseler is good at doing okay i'm sorry but he's good at doing that and we can also say you're gonna you're gonna pay out of your pocket the legal fees um, because you need to do that most cities spend their legal fee, their legal resources when they're doing developer agreements and contracts, right? No, you can pass it off. and then, But then they say, well, it's just going to hurt the buyer in the end. It's going to make it more expensive for them. What the fuck do you think it's doing on the tax side or what of us trying to generate the money to go back into general fund to pay all this shit that you're fucking up? Do you know what I mean? Really, that's what it is. Stop trying to paint it like the consumer is going to pay for it. They're paying for it now. Dana, I'm glad that you have confidence in Mr. Chisholm, okay? My personal opinion and my personal observation is that he is a master at controlling his environment, okay? He uh, he has done this for many, many years, mm-hmm. uh, and he um, he brings a lot of knowledge to the table. But a lot of what you see in Daytona Beach in terms of development that came on his watch, okay? And uh, there's a lot of reasons for that, okay? Things that we talked about earlier, uh, you know, developers stacking the deck with elected officials, then using them like dull tools. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, uh, you know, th- again, this is my opinion, but as I watch these meetings, when Mark Watts, when uh, Rob Merrill, Rob is a great Friend, lifelong friend of mine. Uh, we don't agree on a lot. He's a he's a great guy. But when Mark Watts and Rob come before uh, you know a a an elected body, it's like Pavlov ringing a bell. The rubber stamp comes down. Mm-hmm. Boom. And you know you're you're right. There's always the whip behind their back of you know we'll sue your eyeballs out if mm-hmm. you don't do that. Now uh, you see in Tallahassee that there are bills afoot that would 
eliminate basically eliminate home rule altogether. Yep. Yep. Okay, they that that they will relinquish to the state any ability to pass an ordinance or regulation governing things like density, things like um, pollution control, water quality and quantity, right? All of that would would be given control of that be given to the state, okay? Yeah. So look, I you know again, I think Mr. Chisholm is a very effective guy. Uh, he knows his way around a group of elected officials, but uh, he comes with a lot of baggage uh, from a lot of people in in, uh, in East Volusia. Mm-hmm. And I think that's some of the pushback that you guys saw uh, and continue to see with him. Uh, I know he's your interim and uh, mm-hmm. he, you know, he has an expiration date on him. Yep. But um, uh, people are suspicious of his motives. Well, and, uh, yeah, you know, people are suspicious of right, my motives. No, I think rightfully so uh, with him. So there is, a, there is a long and distinguished history with him in the city of Daytona Beach, mm-hmm. and not everyone agreed with him, and uh, I happen to be one of those. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah, cheers, <laughs> right. So, so and it, it, you know what? And it doesn't make a shit what I think, but... I'm telling you that Mark academic uh, is shit. What right. I think I, I'm telling you <laughs> that um, that there are a lot of people that had um, uh, that are seeing the fruits of uh, what came about on his watch, and we're dealing with it in terms of traffic and what you see on LPGA. All that development west of what I call the monument to mediocrity at the two lane bridge uh, on LPGA. You know, I have a very um, unlikely friend in Miriam Gayabi. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is an incredibly bright woman. She, she is. is a, um, Can she I say is, something? Yes. I, uh-huh. I, I, I need to say something more talking yes. about that. I think that for her, listen, I, I hear the stories of the whole Husseini family, yes. period. You, uh-huh. just, you just do. You can't live in Volusia sure. and not right. hear, right, uh, whatever. But I think that it is quite sad when sometimes people don't understand Miriam's own talent, her own input, and, oh, and that they right. they equate her to her brother's uh, success or failures all the time. And I think that at some juncture that has to come to a quit because she is a very bright and talented person uh, and should be yes. and should be really respected on her own merit. And, you know, she has a unique ability that is sorely lacking in Volusia County, that she can bring a diverse group of people around a table. Uh, She can get, extract ideas from them, get their opinions out on the table, find a solution, and make everyone sitting there feel like it was their idea. Mm -hmm. She's very diplomatic. Mm -hmm. She's very good at that. And uh, she has, again, she has a very bright mind. And some of the things that she has been working very closely with, with uh, Florida Department of Transportation Mm -hmm. to alleviate some of those issues on LPGA Boulevard. And she, you know, she has had some pushback uh, from the county and, you know, some others. But, uh, uh, you know, my hat's off to her. And I think um, the thing, things, that she's pushed through on East ISB, right? For instance, and in, which is a big deal over mm-hmm. in uh, my neck of the woods. It is the gateway to the world's most famous beach, and it is the most horrifically blighted, just you know, shitty example. Uh, anyone who get, comes across the causeway there, 
uh, and that's the, their first impression of Daytona Beach, please. But she has, you know, struggled mightily for several years. And that project, as I understand it, is uh, quickly coming to fruition and uh, should be finished in 2024. I think the uh, she had a very uh, cogent op-ed in the Daytona Beach News Journal a, a few weeks ago, which uh, spelled out each interchange along I-95 mm-hmm. and what we can expect, what's funded, what's not funded. Uh, she and I had a dust up at TPO uh-huh. about about Pioneer Trail. Okay, right. You know, th- me, I'm not the smartest tool, but I did research and I had people ask me about like why we have we have three miles apart. We have one on each side of the proposed Pioneer Trail exits, right? Yes. Why are we doing that in this area? And um we had a difference of opinion about that, but I understand the thing that Mark, the thing that frustrates me about that is there the the development is period doesn't pay for itself. No, doesn't it, it doesn't does pay for itself. I, I get here it developers, you're smart people, you're handing a lot of money, a lot of land transactions. Quit telling us that bullshit. I need to hear the truth so that we understand how to prepare for and plan. Right, how to really alleviate this? Stop trying to well, sell see, me there, this shit. There we come full circle to how we started our conversation. That uh, you know we aren't told the truth a lot yep. of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is uh, uh, obviously people like Mark Watts and Rob Merrill. Their job is to represent their client. With, uh, you know, and uh, and they uh, they come forward with uh, these. You know, they make these developments seem like they're. The best thing since last year. You know what? That's one of the reasons I wanted Mark Watts as the city attorney for Deltona. Yes. He, his dad was a great planner. Yes. His dad helped found Thousand Friends of Florida. And, and Mark Watts at heart is a conservationist. I don't know if any, everybody, because he represents all the developers, understand that about him. But he has a bright mind in how cities should be structured. Here's the fucking problem. Nobody's asking him for that opinion, right? And right. they need to be asking for that opinion. I keep telling him, just come to the light side. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, right, right, right. And help us build Volusia County the way that it should be built. And we need a symposium, Mark. We need a symposium with all the cities, all the planners. We need to get everybody in the room with people. Belusia County needs to host that at the Ocean Center like they do the state of the county, right? Yes, right. Why can't we do that for development? We're in trouble. I think it's uh, it's kind of the, you know, the, the that horse is out of the barn down the road and stuck on traffic on Normandy Boulevard. Yeah. It's uh, uh, I think it's too little too late. I yeah. think uh, there are now you see people looking at what we have on the on the east side, mm-hmm. right? LPGA Boulevard. I call it Boomtown Boulevard. All mm-hmm. the you know commercial is out there now. Everything west of that Mosaic, Margaritaville, uh, <laughs> two or three other developments currently yeah. being built, and um, you know they say maybe we should have held out for for more quality. Maybe we should have strategically planned for what we wanted to be when we grew up Mm -hmm. right instead it was everything all the time balls out for the last five years i agree with right and Mm -hmm. uh come what may you drive down there are certain you know clyde morris boulevard williamson boulevard there are massive sticks and glue apartment complexes i call them sticks and glue because literally that's what they are are. you see the bones now yeah and uh 
you know, one person, uh, I, you know, I monitor these various uh, neighborhood, uh, like neighbors and some of these other things. And more and more people are beginning to awaken to, you know, what they're seeing being built. And one guy equated uh, an apartment complex to something that looked like a World War II concentration, concentration camp. camp. And I'll be damned, I rode past it yesterday if it doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. So, and and I think, uh, you know, even Mayor Henry, uh, members of the um, the uh, Daytona Beach City Commission, uh, past and present, I think even they are looking back and going, you know, we probably should have looked. We should have stayed on Beachside. We should have improved that. We should have worked on Midtown. We should have done all this before doing that. They could have as well in the control. Listen, character of an area means something. That's such an underutilized reason not to build is the character of an area. And more cities should talk about doing that, you know. um, You know, only now, Dana, the, the... the biggest issue that's facing Florida is affordable housing, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of issues facing Florida, but that's a big one. Right? Here's the thing: Deltona was was built for seventy thousand people. We're right. ca- we're at a hundred thousand. I asked Ron Paradise one time, Ron, when do we stop? How many people can we fit here? Right. And so, when does it stop? How many people were was Daytona built for? How, how Ormond Beach? Yeah, I don't know. Are we even right. following that? What was the original plan? How many people can you stuff in? I want to know. Right. I want you, as city managers, mayors, elected officials, tell me. Come tell me that what that number is. How many people are you packing into your city? When is it full? When is it enough? I need to understand that. I really do. We just. It's mystifying to me how you keep packing people in without an end in sight. It's just like you spend money, spend, spend, spend money. You're just going to spend money. Oh, and then one day you just wake up and you're broke. Well, you didn't know what your budget was. We don't know what our budgetary requirements are for for people. How many people do we let in? But, you know, there again, we're talking about that trust issue because we're told one thing and then then something else happens. You know, you can go back years Mm -hmm. and you can look where people like Clay Irvin, uh, who was the director of uh, growth mismanagement at the county, who, you know, he ran a dog and pony show on... uh, uh, things like uh, you know responsible growth and uh, what's the what's that buzzword um, uh, you know, responsible development where you know water is captured on the property and should be uh, you, you know uh, not affect its neighbors. Uh, my, my mind's gone, but but that goes back years. Yeah. Yet they kicked the can down the road. Mm-hmm. Then we find out that there was a an impact fee study that was hidden from us. Yep, I, mean, I remember hidden that from us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, that we paid for. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you pay like a hundred thousand or something like that? hundred fifty yeah, thousand. And you know, it's these things we pay for studies. Deltona does the same thing. Holly Hill does the Ormond beach and they sit in a dusty records morgue on a groaning <laughs> I'm not laughing. I'm just like counter or, you know, yeah. credenza yeah. and, uh, they're never looked at again. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, we talk about the tail wagging the dog. I wrote about that today, mm-hmm. about the fact that uh, when you watched Troy Kent, our, my District 4 mm-hmm. county councilman, came forward with a, an incredibly well-organized plan for getting residents on the beach toll-free, right? And a trial, a pilot program for a small dog-free beach, mm-hmm. right? Turned into a conflagration. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
Danny Robbins going off on those weird, you know, stream of consciousness uh, monologues that he gets, you know, uh, locked in on and strange, right? And nothing happened. It sits on the shelf. Oh my God, we're like two minutes to go. Nothing happens. It sits on the shelf. That's where you and I are just going to like start. So we talk about the trust issue. Mm -hmm. Um, It is what drives my blog uh, for the last seven years. Uh, I think much of it is what drives podcasts like this. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you know, Dana, my hat's off to you for having this, for having this conduit for getting information to your constituents for getting all sides of an issue right you and i don't agree on everything uh some things we do others we don't Mm -hmm. uh you and eric i think play well off of one another uh and it gets that information out there to people and you know i I said earlier uh off uh, when we were off the air that I've had several people that missed your podcast for the last couple of weeks. We're so. back and we're going to have a plan, baby. Yeah. We we just I think we both needed a little you know a little breather, sure. but we're back and we will. Um, well, I'll be we'll glad be having, when he's back, so yeah. uh, you won't have to listen to my ramble. Shut up! You're going to be back on the show. <laughs> you're, you're you're a regular family member now. So, hey, listen, um, I want you to work on. I want to get some East Volusia people over. Sure. Okay, I really do. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Randy Cadenhead. He said. I tried to listen to the blog, but it's so West Volusia centric. He said, I can't get through it. I'm like, you know, I don't take insult to that. I'm like, I learned from that. So Randy, if you're listening, help me get some people in over here. I, I tell you, I'd like to see Joe Hanoush. You yeah, know back. Joe? Yeah. yeah. Joe. Oh, you had Joe? Joe's yeah. been here a couple times. Good guy. Yeah, he's good. He's good. Yeah. We're going to work on that. Okay. Yeah. We're going to work on being well-rounded. So Randy Cadenhead, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Eric should be back next week. God, I miss him. Yeah. I mean, I love you, but you know, I miss That's him. That's right. I miss him. That's right. Um, and I'll see you back like next month at some juncture Certainly. here. Thank I've got to go out of town, so I'm pretty sure you'll be sitting here thank in so my much. stead. Thank I appreciate you, it. Uh, special thank you again to Mark Barker for helping me co-host today. Eric, I miss you so very much. I didn't you even talk. You, Eric. Ab- yeah, I didn't even talk about a lover today. So it just felt weird talking about lovers with somebody else other than That's you. Right. So uh, I'd like to thank, uh, and we'll do our housekeeping. Remember that uh, you can email us at Gonzo at the Smoking Truth Live. We're on all of social media platforms that you can think of um, come see us write into us call us we'd love to have you on as a guest if you'd like to be on a guest and just you got to do this part follow up sure. just remember that if it's important to you it's, it's important, important to us. us thank you good job mark peace thank out until so next much. week we'll see you take care The Smoking Truth Podcast, its owners and sponsors, take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the talk show host or their guests. Statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of Mike and Mike Productions or the podcast providers, and opinions between talk show hosts may differ. It is not our intent to libel, incite, or hurt anyone's feelings. We invite you to write the show's host, Dana McCool, with any feedback or suggestions you have for their shows. These broadcasts are presented and made public as entertainment in the hope that they will be entertaining to the audience.